three, two, one. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Stone Mountain 64, and this is the Fireside Podcast coming at you January 28th. How it's already the end of January, I have no idea. I was a little bit late with this one. Typically, we record these on Fridays with the supporters, but uh, Anthem was out, which we're going to be talking about that. PUBG had a big update. Some A lot of, lot of really cool stuff happened in the last 10 days, which is awesome. Speaking of which, one of the cool things is that the podcast is now up on some of the more traditional platforms that you guys are familiar with, like iTunes, Spotify. Uh, I'm also putting it on my second channel on YouTube. That one's still catching up a little bit and hoping for February we get it a little bit more on pace with everything. That being said, there is still going to be a slightly early access for it. And of course, it's being recorded live with my supporters. It's kind of started as a thank you for them. And uh, we'll see how it goes from here. But so far, the response has been awesome for it. I've been getting a lot of tweets, messages, the reviews on it have all been great. I love to hear it, guys. Uh, and you know what's actually kind of funny? Side note, I was looking back at uh, some old videos and streams. It's I tweet about this, but I can't believe it's so weird how long I've been creating content online. Like I was looking back at content from four years ago and I was happy. I'm happy with how it turned out. Like I was actually like, wow, I was, I was doing pretty good. I was looking at some of my hardline content and uh, I actually did. I used to do something called the view from the mountain where I would talk more like this and actually did something similar. Forgot about it completely. Anyways, that was kind of fun going back uh, down memory lane a little bit. It's crazy how long I've been doing all this, creating content online and gaming content and whatnot. And uh, this is fun. It's kind of fun actually making a more dedicated podcast about this and seeing seeing where it takes me. The other cool thing is that we got the logo updated. It is now officially out, and I'll hopefully make a little transition or maybe something cool for the intro of this. I know most of you guys are watch, are listening to it, so... You know, the video's not as important, but I still want to keep it spicy for those of you guys that do watch. And uh, it's a dope logo. I like it. You guys at least see it for the, um, you know, what goes up. So we finalized that. That's all good. And also the other little update thing is that later this week, I'm actually potentially going to be out. Something super exciting is going to be going down, so I'm going to do a little bit of travel. It's looking good. It's not 100%. If not, I'm going to be streaming. We'll be here. It's still going to be exciting, but it's looking good. And uh, I'm I'm hyped about it. And the, and the games that I play and and what I'm what I'm hyped about, like this is this is kind of ties in well. So I'm I'm pretty excited. I can't say anything about it, but you know, hype baby. Anyways, let's get into uh, some of what happened last week because I know it's been a long time, guys. Anthem. We keep talking about it. Well, it was finally here. That's why I didn't have the show on Friday. It's only in demo, and it was only a VIP demo that was playable. How, chat, did any of you guys who are here, did any of you guys see or get to play any of it? Let me know. Did you like it, dislike it? Just general. Just general quick thoughts so I can read it while I'm still doing this. But um, kind of got my first impression with the game. And they also, actually, before I get to that, they also launched a little bit of news that I mentioned a little bit in that stream, too, which is they said that they are having, including this launch bay, which is going to be like a social hub that they're adding to, which is, if you think like Destiny, like the major areas where Destiny uh, was at, that's like, you, I think they said it was like 12 or 16 people could come together and you could kind of run around and just, you know, do some emotes or whatever. It's just like a place, this is like a social space, because what was really interesting when I was actually playing it was that... You're kind of in your own little world there. It's not 
it didn't really feel even like a co-op until you went you know genuinely into one of the expeditions or something but when you're in your own little world nobody else is there with you you interact with the people you have your one-on-one conversations with the ai and stuff it's not really it wasn't a full-fledged thing a lot of people said some people said loved it even pre-ordered spent six hours probably uh three counted towards advancement you mean like downtime on it Not my cup of tea. I feel like it's not it's not gonna be for everybody, right? This is a this is a very in-depth game, especially I play a lot of battle royales. I know a lot of you guys are into that. PvP, no PvP, someone said. You know, I, I know it's very different. This is very much a different category of game. But uh, overall seemed like a pretty decent response. Buggy, obviously, for sure, for sure. That's that was really the the saddest part of this to me was yeah this is demo this is a vip early access but this is also going to be your smallest category of people that are going to be playing this they're launching this thing and it's like okay we're just giving it to only the people that pre-ordered only the people that are part of origin access just those guys a small sliver of the audience is going to be playing this and it was a disaster dude whoo it was rough out there. It was rough out there on launch day. I don't know if you guys were there watching. Um, I encountered a tremendous amount of problems with it. The Not only the lag with everything, where I couldn't even connect to servers as you're loading in. It would crash you out. It was terrible. It was really terrible playing it for the first time. Um, but on top of that, the performance really wasn't good. I had to turn it down to 1080p. I could only play in full screen. And at that point, I was getting a good 100 FPS. It was playing pretty smoothly. But on a system where I play most of my games in 1440p and still get 100 FPS, and I don't even have to be in full screen, which I hate having having to do that, uh, it, was, it was really frustrating to play. And what was really interesting, too, I saw a lot of people pointing this out, is that this wasn't a beta, although I did refer to it as that a few times. It's really, they're, they're showcasing this as a demo. And when I think of demo, that's like, that's usually pretty polished because that's this is just a piece of the game. <sighs> Anyways, it was a bit disappointing to start. I did end up playing it the day after off stream, and I played it a little bit yesterday as well off stream just to see how the performance was, and it was better for me. I did have a better experience after that, so I think they did stabilize it, but I think part of that too is probably people just gave up trying to play it. Now, this was also my experience on PC, and I watched some content from some Xbox videos just to get their impressions and see see what people thought about it. Uh, I didn't see anything in particular about PlayStation, but I did hear that, I mean, people were, I, I was hearing things that people were saying they weren't getting more than 20 FPS on the game, which is a bit sad, and I don't know if that's, like like I said, because of that initial push, and then they fixed it, and maybe it's better now. Uh, but, of course, now it's closed, so we'll see what happens. I think next weekend, yeah, the next weekend, February 1st, is going to be a free weekend where everybody can play. That's what's got me more nervous. Like, you know how many people pre-order the game. You know how many people are on Origin and EA Access. You have an idea of how many people are going to play. They have no idea how many people are going to be playing this weekend, I would imagine, because it's going to be available for everybody to try out, plus all the people that couldn't play it this weekend because of the lag and whatever are going to be trying again. Ooh, it's going to be interesting times to say the least uh, with this thing. So, you know, it's, it's a bit nerve wracking, but we'll see. I think I might try it again next weekend, just maybe off stream, see how it goes. Uh, but I did get to, uh, let's talk a little bit about the actual game plan now. 
um, I was originally anticipated to, you know, I, I was expecting I would like the uh, Interceptor, which I'm going to put some gameplay up here for. I actually uploaded a gameplay to my second channel, Stone Mountain Plays, on YouTube with just the the final stronghold in this thing. And I had a lot of people in the comments saying that it was, uh, <laughs> I was not playing this right. And they were right. I, I was not. I was playing the Interceptor, which is a melee class. And that's what I like. I was excited to play it. It was like very quick movements. The the overall like play style for it was something that I'm, I'm personally a big fan of. It's like very fast moving, dodging. Uh, they, they had like a triple jump, a triple dodge. It was much faster, much more mobile, less health. And it was really meant to be melee focused, but God, dude, the melee was, I did not like the melee in this game at all. Like some of it was okay. I used it more like a traditional shooter type of melee where you just kind of throw in a melee. If you get close range, it can kind of be an assist. This class was really just designed to be like smash people's zoom in, get in people's faces, smash them, and then get out when you need to heal. But God, it was really boring. The melee aspect of it was just one button smash. That's it was literally one button. There was no com. At least I didn't figure it out, and there was no explanation for it. So I, I didn't see any combos. There's no abilities to block. Uh, like you kind of can dodge around them and try and get the sweet spot for it. And then the super ability was literally just to land on the ground and keep smashing one button as you just smash head first. There wasn't really cool sound effects with it. At least I, not that I. It didn't feel very good. Like I felt really disappointed by the interceptor overall as like a class so i was mostly just shooting it's shooting the guns which i should have been playing the ranger class for which was the other one that i played and actually after playing the interceptor and going back to the ranger i like the ranger way better that's kind of more your traditional shooter class it's like more gun focus rockets grenades uh i liked that better after it but the sniper like i was using the sniper on this class and it just was uh like that's all i really wanted to do the, the melee just felt weird. That being said, though, the overall mobility and the way that the game played, I really did like. The way that like you you in incorporated flying into the game was something that was a huge changeup for me versus something like Destiny, which is where most people are drawing the comparison to. And I agree, like it's a looter shooter like Destiny. It's futuristic. It's got you know similar abilities to a certain extent. But the way that the game played felt completely different to me. I don't know how other people felt with it, but this did not feel like Destiny to me uh, when I was playing it. Um, you know, some of the looting mechanics felt similar where you pick up loot and you could grab, you know, it's, you get a piece of loot from it. That being said, even that was different because you couldn't get your loot until you the mission was over. And it just overall it felt it felt very different to me from it the other big comparison that I, I saw a lot of people making to it was with warframe and that i give you know it's third person you got different javelins which are kind of like the warframe suits that you could switch between um but even that the gameplay itself felt very different to me i i, I maybe it was part partly the environment and that like this just felt so much more open and free because you could fly literally to all these different platforms the mobility and everything i really in terms of the actual gameplay perspective i actually preferred this uh and i haven't played much warframe and this isn't like i said my main way to play the game and warframe of course is free it's a great game i i know it's got a huge awesome community around it but this is just kind of my my personal takeaway from it it felt very different um i don't know i, I, I the overall movement the swimming and the flying while I liked it, though, I, I do want to caveat that the controls were just terrible, man. 
the the flying maybe it's better on console but god on pc <laughs> i tried the mission again when i was trying to swim and god when you got in the water it was just such a mess trying to control your it, it felt like it was just me meant for console same thing when you're actually flying like the design of it the the getting in the air the way that you can move around and get to different platforms made the game gameplay great but the way you controlled it felt bad and like if this game did have pvp i would probably be scared to fight somebody else in this even just fighting some of the other ai javelins in the game I was kind of struggling with by itself, trying to like fly and maneuver and around. Um, but you know, first impressions, uh, not the best per se, but it, it was pretty fun to, to, to mess around on that and play. So we'll see how it goes. I'll probably play it again in the next demo. And then once it drops, we'll, we'll give it a little bit more time as well. Also like the stronghold. I think they said there's going to be four of these strongholds. The stronghold is what I was playing here. And uh, I, I It was a long stronghold. It was actually like a 45-minute mission for us the first time playing it through. I'm sure we'd get faster with it. Plus, there was only two of us that were really uh, on a team with a couple other randoms. So I'm sure you could do it faster. Uh, but the biggest concern that I have with this game is the amount of content. And I, I really feel like this is going to be something that we've just seen so many times, just a disappointment in the amount of content, that this is going to be something you, bre you breeze through and uh you're gonna be done with so in you know and especially because there's no pvp or anything in it i'm really i'm really skeptical to see how it goes but uh maybe it's insane we'll see going on though the other uh big thing that i wanted to talk about last week's streaming action if you guys didn't see we played some PUBG. they dropped a new test server patch that was bonkers Mo main reason being they introduced a cave into it and i cannot tell you how many messages i received from people asking me about the cave on mobile <laughs> as well as on console some people said they found it and were able to even glitch under it. like because it wasn't on those but you could like find it and you could glitch under it and then like fell through the map when you did it or something along those lines it just was uh <laughs> It's crazy. I, I uploaded a lot of videos last week. I'm going to pull up one of the um, one of the, the gameplay from that one. This is the, the secret cave that they introduced to PUBG. This is only on the test server. And it's it's the craziest thing because it's a place that you can break through a wall. And then it opens up and there's level three armor. There's two care packages. There's multiple care package spawn positions, but there's two in at a time. And uh, it's got level three armor. It's got Groza, LMGs, eh, the best guns in the game. I don't think I ever actually saw an arm spawn from it. Now that I think about it, it's always it was always like an LMG um, or something crazy like that. We did find some M24s and such lying around. Uh, if you want to see all the details about it, I recommend you check out my video that I uploaded this week. I really showcase it uh, in its entirety, but um, I can't believe they added something like that. It completely changes the flow of the game. It's just like something that you would see, like you saw with the Fortnite sword. If you didn't see that, I think it was a month or two back, they introduced a mega sword that you could take. It would three shot people, but you got 400 health with it. It would heal you. It was kind of like the Thanos mode. But it was just in every single game. You could get this sword and it always spawned in the same position, which was the worst part of it because everybody would just go to that same spot. It completely destroys the beginning part of the game. And that's what we saw in this. That's why I feel like 
It's just my guess, but I don't think that we'll see this come to the actual main version of the game. This is probably something they just leave in test servers, or they at least just leave the fact that there's bonus loot inside of there in test servers. If they leave that powerful of loot in there at the beginning of the game that you can get immediately, it just destroys the balance of the game. So I imagine that they wouldn't keep it in, that especially for a competitive environment, which is the direction that PUBG is going is more for esports oriented. That being said, who knows what the hell they're going to do? They've made uh, some what I think are crazy ass decisions with their game over the past uh, few you know, over the past year. So, you know, they could they could really do anything with it. Uh, they uh, overall, though, I will say I I'm a big fan of it. I like messing around. I like doing these stupid things. So, you know, this is literally, this is perfect for me. If they introduced one of these every month, a secret location that we had to find on a random map, I would be ecstatic. I would love it, man. That would be my dream. But, you know, what are you, you going to do? I don't know what they're going to do. Um, the other thing they introduced, though, what the patch wasn't just for this. It was actually a major patch. Regardless of this, you saw there's the night map or the night mode version of the map was introduced, too. This is something that I was talking about a lot before it came. And they, I think they executed really well on the night mode of this, at, at least from everything I've experienced so far. I haven't put that many hours into it, but I played quite a few games, got a couple chicken dinners on it. <laughs> so I feel like I got a pretty good understanding and like the, it's bright enough. That was my biggest concern whenever they introduce and never any game introduces a night version of a map. If it's too dark, then players like myself will just crank up their monitor, increase the gamma, make the game look super terrible for the sake of being able to see through the dark because you could still see through if your settings are correct. So they decided to make it so you can it just kind of dims everything. But you can still see everything. The moon is giant. It even has cast shadows. So you can see shadows of players because of the moonlight that's there, as well as there's plenty of kind of just ambient light from the stars and how bright everything is, especially with the auroras and everything. Uh, they did a great job with the night map. I, I was really liking the the different feel to the map. Like that's that's one of the things that I like about them introducing these different styles is it it's not always the same thing, the same look every single time. You got those different minute details to pay attention to and just kind of make it a little more fresh on the eyes when you're playing the same thing over and over again uh the big new gun that they introduced was the bison which was an smg that shoots nine mil rounds felt extremely good it felt like a tommy gun that was a little better because you could put the compensator on it as well as an optic which is the biggest thing for my terrible damn ass accuracy <laughs> You can actually properly see while you're trying to spray. And it's like the Tommy gun in that, you know, uh, it's got 50 round magazine, but it's it's right off the bat. You pick the thing up. It already has a 50 round magazine and you can put an optic on it. So I loved it. it shoots nine mil. It felt like a good SMG. Uh, we'll see how it actually really compares in the long run. If like it's as good as an up uh, from range and uh, as powerful as a vector from close range. But I feel like it's extremely well-rounded and probably is going to be a, a strong contender for the guns. They also added canted sights so you can actually, like, swivel the gun. Uh, I think this is probably the greatest addition, one of the greatest additions that they've made. I think this fits the game so well in terms of the design. It's something that I really like seeing in a game like Escape from Tarkov. 
uh, and you know, so some of these games where you can get a little bit more custom and do that can't is like I've I haven't really been able to experience that in a game, but I've always wanted to. And just having the ability to quickly toggle between the two as well. I switch the hotkey on my mouse and keyboard so that way I can quickly switch between the two, even while I'm already aimed down sight looking at something. Like I could choose how to push a building without having to actually switch my entire gun. And I kind of like that it's limited to only a red dot. I at first thought I'd be able to put like a 2x on the side and then a 4x on the top and just that would be that would be a bit insane. But the fact that you can have it as a, a red dot and a four, uh, and a 4x and it's always a red dot, so you can't do like um, a 4x and an eight or like a two and a 8x or something on a sniper rifle, but you can still do the red dot for those cheeky red dot. <laughs> Uh, sniper plays that you want to do or even just put it on the side of a dmr i feel like that really suits it pretty well um and i i felt like overall the stream seemed like it was pretty damn hype which which is awesome always love uh love to see the stream uh receiving the receiving the streams well or the the uh, audience yes um just reading the chat a little bit here it's only on PC test server, correct? Yeah, so the, it's, it is going to be coming, I believe, to, you know, all, all these updates will be coming to the regular ones, but I'm not sure if the cave will be coming. Personally, I'm just not convinced. Uh, speaking of streams, though, there was also a pretty big announcement from... This was actually, this was actually a, maybe a week back. It might have even been before the last episode. Uh, but there was an announcement from Streamlabs and Facebook that they made that they're starting to integrate, which is huge. This is something I've been pushing for for years since I first started streaming on Facebook. It's like this is a no brainer. So it was January 18th. So it was actually the day of that stream. So I, I did I did miss it. Uh, but this integration is it's weak, in my opinion. This this first step, I think it's going to help for people that are a little bit newer to Facebook streaming and that like they can do um uh, what is it it basically just decreases the amount of steps that it takes to go live but apparently there's still a lot of issues with the platform um, it, it just basically makes it integrate with streamlabs obs which is obs is the software that i use to stream streamlabs obs is a special version that this company has made and they do announce they do like alerts for live streamers with like donations and tips or um subscribers and those types of things they help integrate those as well as there's another stream elements that's pretty good i think they might be integrating with them too either way this to me is just a huge step in the right direction i don't think this is necessarily a big game changer but i think this is a huge step in the right direction and that this is now making it so they're opening up to get some of the integrations and this could mean for those of you guys who have been watching my streams for a long time, this could mean the reintroduction of uh, alerts directly through there. Uh, even like if you send stars or type a tip or whatever through through the streaming platform, it can still come up as a custom alert with custom sounds and all, you know, maybe even a voice reader attached to this, which is what we used to have. Now, we'll see where that goes. There's no promises or anything with that, but it's looking like it's moving in the right direction. Some people have brought it up. I knew I forgot to mention it last week, I think, at least. And uh, it's, just, it's just kind of some exciting news that I'm hyped for uh, as I do a lot of streaming there. Um, and, yeah, that, that was kind of some of the, the main things. And I, I, I was reading through a lot of your guys' questions. 
there wasn't too many that came through this week from uh, from you guys. That being said, I also tried posting the comment thread where you guys can submit questions right after my last fireside had ended. And so I think it kind of got lost in the mix of everything. So I'm planning on just dropping these questions for you guys more later closer to the actual air date of this live fireside podcast so that way you can just give me more up-to-date questions and maybe just make a note or something on your side if you have something that you want to ask that you think of a few days before so you don't forget if there is something solid all right uh first uh first question here was from charlie l he said radical heights has some rant uh, i was talking about radical heights i think in the last episode he said radical heights had random closing zones not just circles but like their split zones all like zigzag it, it could be crazy what did i think of that as well as uh do i think more in battle royale should implement something like it thought it was an interesting question because most of the battle royales that we've played have been circles and it's crazy that so few games have actually tried to innovate on that PUBG, i don't i didn't actually play arma but h1z1 was after arma that was a circle gas PUBG, i believe at least i didn't actually play it so i'm not 100 sure but it was some something like that PUBG, obviously circle fortnite circle um a lot of them have been circles. That being said, Ring of Elysium wasn't a circle. We've streamed quite a bit of that semi-recently. And that one was actually closer to Radical Heights. If you guys never saw Radical, it was like an 80s game, uh, Battle Royale. It's just basically like a... It doesn't even matter. The game's deleted from history. <laughs> but they had something that was pretty cool where... It was basically just a grid of squares and certain squares would eliminate themselves and it could be in like almost any pattern with like sometimes only like a very narrow gap bridging these areas or maybe just a straight up long last line across the map. That's where the safe zone was that you had to work your way towards. Um, I thought it was fun. I thought it was innovative. The big thing was we needed enough mobility to get to that area, and there was plenty of bicycles in that game in order to get there. Something similar that we've seen with Ring of Elysium, though, is that it's not really as random per se, but it is kind of shaped in a grid. The map is shaped into a grid, and certain zones will close out, and it narrows you down. Actually, we saw something similar with Darwin Project as well. That one had kind of certain zones closing out, and to me, those were all a lot of fun. I think it was cool. I think it harks back to the last po the last episode as well, though, where I don't think that alone is going to be something that makes a genre, makes a battle royale stand, stand out enough to be like, oh, I'm going to play this one instead of PUBG. It's got to have a lot more to it than that to really break into the battle royale space uh, as I see it. And, you know, I think that could be a great element, though, if it was that on top of like with Ring of Elysium where there's different abilities and things. I still think we need like some type of class based. Like Realm Royale, but uh, but bigger and preferably for my for me, preferably something that's a even a little bit more serious since we already have something like Spellbreak that is coming. Um, that's kind of what I'm more eyeing out and the the ending zones, I don't think play that critical of a role. 
but it does make it a little bit more fresh for sure rather than just following the circle or like blackout is also a circle battlefields is also going to be a circle from what we can tell from the uh clips that we've seen and everything is just going to be a firestorm circle closing Shane D asked, do stars I receive help influence what games I choose to play? So if I get a tip and somebody says, hey, go play, uh, go play, go play Darwin Project. Does, is that going to affect what I do? I mean, I've gotten a lot of those requests over the past, since I've ever been streaming. It's just, it just always comes up. Um, it doesn't really affect how I choose a game. And if somebody like tells me to switch games, it's doesn't affect me at all. You know, I'm very much focused on whatever content I'm actually there trying to deliver, not trying, you know, it's kind of, it's more frustrating than anything. If somebody says, Hey, go play this other game while I'm playing something else, because then it's like, okay, well, obviously I don't like what I'm actually doing here, but it's like, just come back another day. I'm not going to switch games. All right. But uh, the way that it does affect me is it kind of opens me up to be like, oh, should I check that? Uh, it it puts the game on my radar more or less, right? Because I spend a little bit of time looking up games. I see what other people are playing. I'm always on the hunt for something new, something fun to play. And uh, a lot of the guys that watch me, obviously, you guys know pretty well what I like at this point. I talk about it quite often of the different genres and stuff. So... Sometimes people say, hey, this game, you probably would really like it. And then I'll sometimes I'll check it out. Sometimes I'll just keep it on my, I'll just remember the name. And then as I see a video for it or whatever, that's kind of what happened with Spellbreak. Not only were people, not only did I get a uh, tip saying like, hey, check this game out, but it's just general chat. More or less, that's, that's really, it's kind of the n number of people that recommend something. Like if a hundred people that all don't know each other on different days send me a message about a game, I'm probably going to check that game out. If somebody, if one person sends me 50 bucks and says to check a game out, maybe I'll check it out, but it's not as much of a drive as like a whole bunch of people telling me to go check something out because I'd like it. You know what I mean? Um, anyways, that was one that I ended up looking into because I got so many messages about it that I finally looked at it and it was like, oh, this does look sick. This looks exactly like what I was talking about with what I wanted after playing Realm Royale. So, so there's some, there's some excitement there for sure. And that's, kind of how i can be uh i don't know that's my effect hopefully that answers your question your question shane mark b said what do i think of battle royales between different platforms i thought this was really interesting because i don't believe i've talked about it in any of the podcasts yet so and i did talk about it last year when this announcement came out but let's just formalize it and get into it a little bit here as well uh Epic announced it was December 12th of last year. I have a Polygon article up if you do want to try and find it or anything. But Epic, who's obviously the creator of Fortnite, said they're opening up Fortnite's cross-platform service for all developers. And this is major, in my opinion. Like, And it's going to be free. So they're making the, the tools that they have that are used for making their game available to play not only on all platforms but available to play with each other across all these platforms. If you're on Xbox, you can play with somebody in the same squad playing on PC, playing on their iPhone, and somebody else who's on their Android. You could all four play in a squad together. That's 
It's just mind-blowing. And I think a lot of people that don't play Fortnite don't even know that. That's one of the coolest things about it. And it's free. It's just included in this game that's free. Well, Epic is actually going to be opening that up. They said... Um, let me find it exactly here. This is going to be free for all developers and will be open to all engines, all platforms, and all stores. Just, just imagine that. This is going to be coming out and available for people in what I read. I don't know, remember if it was here or if it was somewhere else. Here we go. Epic outlined how and when those features will roll out to other developers. Cross-platform login, friends, presence, profile, and entitlements coming in Q2, Q3, 2019 to PC. So a few more months and the ability to lock the cross platform login friends and those things will be integrated. Um, I assume that means no. Okay. So it looks like, all right, we'll do one at a time here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So look, cross platform parties and matchmaking coming in Q3, Q4, 2019. So at the end of the year, we can expect parties and matchmaking so maybe you can't actually play with your buddies until the end this might just be something where you can cross-platform maybe send text messages to one another through the game have one solid cross-platform and the thing is too is like they might release this stuff but it's going to take a while for it to actually be implemented into any games and do games even decide to take advantage of these types of tools that they're making available my guess is yes but it's looking like based on the the kind of timeline that they have here this is going to be something that's going to be rolled out in 2019 my guess is 2020 we're going to start seeing more games actually taking advantage of this especially because it might be easier for them if they build it from the ground up with this in mind rather than trying to adjust their game to something like this so maybe it'd be something that we would see in like a PUBG 2 rather than them trying to backtrack and rework everything in order to introduce it into a game that's already so established i don't know anything about developing so you know that's just my guess but I'd say it's a pretty fair one. Uh, in terms of the actual way that this is implemented, though, more going to the question was, what do I think? And I think this is where it was kind of stemming from, of like cross-platform battle royales. The way that I think about it is not even outside of battle royales. I think this is such a tremendous benefit, such a positive thing for the gaming community. Uh, being able to play with buds that like I hadn't played with for years on Fortnite just because they were playing on console and I've been playing on PC for so long. It's just it, it's so much fun to be able to kind of reconnect, get on voice comms with them, hang out. And that's something that I just is just to me, it's just a, such a no brainer the divide that happens because of consoles is just like the divide of things that we saw because of DLCs. Oh, you didn't buy the DLC? Sorry, bro, I'm not playing with you anymore because I'm playing all the new stuff. Once you get the DLC, hit me up again. It's just creating divides in the community, whereas this is something that could bring everybody together. Now, I completely understand the fear, very logical one, of you android player being matched or even xbox or playstation whatever being matched with somebody on pc it is a tremendously different game when you're playing on mouse and keyboard with uh almost regardless of the game that you're playing on that's where i'm hoping they take the same format of what epic has done with fortnite i think this is such a genius way to do it where they've made it so you're only gonna play 
against other players that are playing cross-platform if you are playing cross-platform. So you're still going to play with other people on Xbox if you just queue into a game. You're not going to go up against somebody who's got an unfair advantage because of you, uh, because of whatever they're running with, because it's, it's going to keep you there unless you're playing with somebody on PC. Then if you're playing with somebody on PC or whatever, then you're going to get matched with other people that are doing the same thing or with people that are on PC to start because you don't want people, let's say, you know, Xbox man invites three of his PC friends and they get into only Xbox lobbies. Now those three guys are going to be on mouse and keyboard against a bunch of people on Xbox. Is that fair? Yes, I do agree. There are fantastic controller players out there, but from my own experience and everything that I've seen, you put somebody on mouse and keyboard in a lobby with uh, console players it doesn't get, it's not pretty. Not everybody's that good. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that are, that are brand new that just don't even know what they're doing on the controller, let alone good enough to, to uh, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. <laughs> it's not a good thing, dude. It's not a good thing. All right. But uh, that's how I think it should be. Pro and maybe there's even a better way for it to be implemented. I think that'll continue to develop. I'm incredibly excited about it. So I wanted to re, reiterate on that and some of the uh some of that news in case you never uh in case you missed that matt r asked a, what i thought was a pretty fun question he said uh do i think of going back to twitch do i ever think about it and i you know because on my channels everything's been growing things have been doing good uh what i what i consider it it's an interesting question i think personally twitch is such a phenomenal platform I think it was about four years ago or so. They got purchased by Amazon. Maybe that sounds like a long time ago, but I, maybe it's less. They got purchased by Amazon. The integration with things like Twitch Prime and just them being in the game for so long on that platform is giving them just a massive head start. And being so focused on gaming and being able to concentrate in that is it's an incredible advantage when it comes to gaming uh, and live streams. That being said, I've created something. I, I've very much always been kind of a, a trying to trailblaze my own path on things. And with Facebook, you know, I let me go back. I've tried. I was streaming on Twitch. I did that for a long time. And when I did that, it was the same way that I. I mean, I was doing pretty good about four, two to four years ago or so when I was doing that as well. Uh, I was doing pretty good on, on all my content, you know, views were good. Subscribers were good. I probably had a couple hundred thousand or so, and it just didn't translate. It's just like, it's just like sending an audience to anywhere else. It's extremely difficult to get somebody off of one platform onto another platform. It's, it's just as much as like you, Matt, or somebody else might use a, a platform like that. It really doesn't translate like that. Uh, when you, when it's actually in practice, from what I've found, at least, for whatever reason. You know, people just are on whatever platform they're on. So for me to try and start over again and try and convince people to switch, and then not only that, there would be a portion that probably switched, but then to try and uh, build up a new audience there is extremely difficult, and I feel like it would be uh, it, it would be challenging. I'm not ruling it out. It could be something that eventually happens in the future. I have no idea what's going to happen. But I can tell you pretty solidly, um, 
I have no no intention of leaving uh, Facebook with this, and no intention of stopping content on YouTube. And this now podcast is going out basically everywhere. Uh, if Twitch had a good system for VODs and clips and those types of things, I'd probably put some content up there too. But people don't they don't go for their for that content. They go there to watch somebody live. That is it. From my experience, uh, at least as well, like that's what I that's what I see as the trend. That's how I use it. I don't I don't go there to watch videos or anything. So I just don't see necessarily a good reason to be posting more stuff there. But maybe it's something that I do in the future. Maybe we introduce multi streams occasionally again in the future. I have I have no clue. But I've really been enjoying uh, the experience here, and things are going fantastic. We'll see though. Brad S asked a, a question that I get all of the time, so I just wanted to address it here as well. He said, uh, and also I wanted to help drive the discussion for future episodes of of this, just a little bit, because I don't want this to be the main focus of the of the show. But it is something that you know I'm happy to just, if you know if you guys are ask about it, we'll talk about it. Brad S asked me, um, what's the best tips for new streamers? This is such a broad topic that is very difficult. Now, I do have something that's coming along these lines that I'm working on that you'll probably really enjoy um, with kind of just, you know, some information. For now, what I'll say is um, I, think one of the I think one of the biggest things to do is figure out why you're streaming and where you're at with it because the... the it's just such a it's just such a dependent question of like where you're at, what you're doing, what you're trying to do. So this is just gonna be a hobby. Uh, then the tips is go watch YouTube videos and figure out how to make it as fun as possible for you and your friends your friends to watch the stream. You know, if it's just something fun you can casually do. It doesn't really matter. Um, if you're trying to make this something that is more of a, a job, you gotta treat it as one. You gotta become more consistent with it. You gotta actually create unique content. How much time are you spending off of your stream to work on other areas to improve that content to come up with new ideas how much time are you writing down um, different ways that you can create special content that's more special finding a niche that you can go into and um what other like are you studying video editing are you putting up any videos uh, those types of things but i think if we you know if there's something more like if you have zero views viewers and you're streaming for 10 hours a day with the goal of trying to make it a job, what are you doing? Stop streaming so much. You're, uh, you got to spend your time elsewhere to try and create something else to get more interest in, in a stream or anything like that. Got to give somebody a reason to want to, like you got to have something to say or some, something that's, that's bringing value, that's entertaining, something. Or maybe you already have 100 viewers and uh, – or maybe you need to start working on doing some Instagram content or video content or something else. There's just there's just a lot. There's a lot that goes in that question. So maybe if we do get questions like this in the future, you could try and target it a little bit more so I can speak to um, whatever it is. Or maybe that advice helped you too. I don't know. Uh, that was pretty much all the questions that I had gotten from you guys there wasn't too too many questions like i said i think part of the problem was that i put the post so long ago i should really do the post closer to air date so that way you guys can uh, be a little bit more snappy and choppy with some of the relevant suggestions 
Return of Sally? Yeah, we might get a Return of Sally. That's uh, that's part of the news today, part of the stream. Maybe. I who knows, dude? And we might do it a slightly different way, too, because obviously the stream's grown a little bit since then. We'll have to see. I'm going to read through the chat a little bit here, see if I missed any questions that I might want to address here. Trainer Tuesday for people like me who've just started on PC. I mean, the best thing you can do, Brad, if you're just starting on PC is really just practice your uh, practice your aim. That's probably the that's probably the place you're struggling the most if you come from already playing games. Joseph also said, "Yo Stone, what do you have planned this week? This week is going to be interesting. I got a uh, few days of streams ready for you guys. I don't know if I'm going to be playing Kingdom Hearts three because I'm going to be gone for a few days at the end of this week, which I can't tell you about, Joseph. If that's what you're asking about, I mean, as much as I want to, trust me, I want to talk about this so bad." I can't. It's just, it's so, it's, I can't, dude. It's fun. It's fun. It hit me. I was just like, oh, what? Are you serious? That was, that was my reaction, dude. I, 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 you just make me tease everybody, Joseph. Come on, bro. Um, but I was a big fan of Kingdom Hearts 1. I never played the second one, which uh, when I was talking to Jordan Fisher, it, he was uh, he was my buddy that we did the uh, uh, the Fortnite Pro Am tournament with. Nobody I have talked to was more hyped for it than he was, and he was like, ah, "I should have played the Kingdom Hearts two. I never went and played it. I played that when I was young, Kingdom Hearts one. So I kind of want for the nostalgia to play the third one. And obviously, I like all the characters and stuff from it, but um, I don't think I'd be able to finish it. So maybe we just do one day stream, just like the first part of it, and then we never continue on, or maybe." rarely continue on or something i'm not a big fan of the stream of the playthrough because half of the comments are just saying i want to watch but i'm not going to watch because i'm going to play this myself it's always a bit disappointing um because i want to put something on that you guys can watch you know okay i should probably take the lid off that lol um let me see if i had any other questions here andrew was asking about vr gaming I actually did see a couple messages about this on the post, and I want to do a longer segment on VR gaming in, in particular. And I kind of want to wait to discuss it because I'm I've done I've only played VR two times before, maybe three times. But I do have an Oculus Rift in that closet. The problem is I've been moving around my office so much that I have to recalibrate it every time, and it's just not great. It's just not great for it. What I'm hoping to do. In the next two weeks, I'm going to set a goal for myself. So by two weeks' time, I can report back to you that I will have set up some mounted stuff around the room with the cameras, the sensors, and can stream more consistently some VR games, and we can explore that a little bit. That's the goal. I'm going to, I'm going to put that out there into the world, and hopefully I'll stick to it. I need to order one more sensor, and I need to order some type of mount. I need to figure out how to mount that. I was watching some YouTube videos trying to figure it out, but it's kind of, I don't know, best way to do it. So I'm going to see if I can figure that out and then hopefully we can talk more about that in the future. But I'm, I like VR. I was a big fan of it. Didn't make me sick when I played it either. So good news for me. <clears throat> talk to your viewers, Garrett. I'm kind of more focused on the actual, I've talked about this in the past, the way that I'm doing this for these 
types of recordings is I'm going to be much more tunnel visioned on the actual content and what I'm saying. So I don't get interrupted and go onto a tangent, but there will be times I kind of, at first I was going to say, I didn't read chat at all. Now I'm going to be interacting with chat at least a little bit here and there throughout, uh, you know, to just try and, uh, when I need to, but I think, uh, Oh, one other question from Joseph here. What do you, oh, wait, hold on. Are you going to stream the new WoW raid? No, I don't plan on it. The WoW, the first WoW raid was awesome. I did stream it, and I played through that. But it kind of fell off for me, unfortunately. That was another one. I completely even forgot about WoW last year, dude. It's just... I really wanted to get back into it. I, I, if, I really wanted to. I just loved the game so much. I loved it. But I just didn't... Um, I don't know. I got over it. Just kind of faded. Maybe we'll play WoW Classic again. And maybe we'll go back to it again in the future. But it's just too off content. It just doesn't make sense for the stream. I played it a little bit off stream. But the main stream just doesn't make sense for me to do it. It's just not... It's no bueno. But uh, maybe I play it a little bit personal time again. Anyways, that's going to be the wrap for today, guys. Thank you so much for uh, watching, for listening, wherever you are at. If you want to give it a rating, like I said at the beginning of this, it is now up as a podcast across a bunch of different platforms. I'm kind of new to podcasting in general, so if you want to just do whatever you, other people say is good to do for podcasts, <laughs> do that, and I'll try and learn more of what would help my thing, my show even better in the future. Kind of learning as we go here, and uh, it's, it's been it's been a ton of fun already. I'm super hyped for where it's going to go. Thank you, guys. That's it for this one. Stone Mass 64, over and out.